DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So, the Pac-12 is not going to expand. The Big 12 is. BYU's at the top of the list. This is familiar ground. I feel like we've had all these conversations before. But, things do change, and you brought up before the break, well, maybe BYU doesn't need to run to the Big 12 the way they did before. Doesn't mean that they wouldn't end up deciding to join. No. And certainly they'll listen and they'll have conversations. But when Oklahoma and Texas are in the league, and they're one of the Power Five, that well, it's is watered a, down now. And no yeah. brainer. Yeah. It is. It is watered down. It isn't yeah. clear that there's a power five anymore. It looks more like a power four. Although, man, I think if you added BYU and Cincinnati, those are there's they're excellent programs. I don't care what label you want to slap on them. It doesn't. I don't, I'm not into that stuff. Scoreboard, repeated times. Look at BYU's yeah. all-time record against Texas. I view myself right. as an underdog who's had to fight for everything, and that's the way I view these. But this People is have been about, left out. This is about brand and image and as much as it's about fine. as much as it's about reality. Now we follow it pretty close, and we don't really have any built-in bias. We think in favor of Texas, but we have um, Barry Trammell on uh, periodically slash routinely from Oklahoma City, and he pointed out well, Texas has got a handful, depending on how you count it, three to six big seasons. Over the course of like 30 or 40 years. Yeah, I don't think it's just based on record and scoreboard. Uh, Because if it was, Boise would be a no-brainer. But it's more than that. I mean, they've proven it on the field. Boise State has my respect. There's no doubt about it. I fought it for a long time, but no more. You just gave in. Yeah, they've earned it. Not that they care about having my respect, but that's a football program, and they they change coaches, and they still manage to do very, very well. But there's other you know circumstances involved. But I think in in my mind, BYU checks those boxes, and I've been around that program for a long, long time. But does it, the Big they Twelve? Be. But I does think, the, I, well, I think they do now for sure. I think if they want to get in this time, they can get in. It's just a question of should be be and BYU would obviously do their homework and diligence and all this stuff to make sure that it's so the right thing for them. Isn't this con this conference even its reduced state without Oklahoma and Texas? Aren't these teams teams still going to pull down fifteen to twenty million a year in TV money? I mean, that seems to be the number one thing going into these decisions. I, well, off the top of my head, yes, right. And I've seen as high as twenty five. I'm not sure I buy it. But I don't know that much to guarantee you what the number is going to be. But I would think that 15 to 20 is still a huge upgrade for BYU. Yes. Athletic story says that they believe the ESPN deal is playing BYU between 6 and $10 million. Which so is what we've been which led is, to believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're, so you've I've heard the number 7 and 8 that. thrown you're, around. You're doubling so. your money easily. Yeah, right. And you might be tripling it. Sure. Uh Okay, if you put in the word might, I can go with it. If you're going from 7 to 21 million, and I don't know that you are. You know, they might be at 8 now, well, and they yeah. might only be going to 16 million, so right. that would be doubling. But rather than get people quibbling about that, to the bigger point, if you're going to double or triple your money, go. Join. Well, what's the requirements, though? Do they put some stuff on you, like... You know, Locke was ahead of his time, and he'll come on the bottom of the hour, and we can maybe bring this up with him. He used to say about Utah, about how you're not a full-fledged member at first. I remember him Mm -hmm. hammering that. Yeah. Well, it turned out he was right. Right. And so are there stipulations this time around? Do you go in as a full-fledged member? Uh, What's the penalty for leaving? Because suppose it falls apart, disintegrates. Well, you already know you're at the level that you can get an independent deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know 
that Kansas State can. Agreed. Right. So what what happens? You know, it it it. it do- it drops. Maybe it doesn't fall apart because it hasn't fallen apart yet. But obviously, it's not the same as it was mm-hmm. six weeks ago. So, right. but if but, but if Oklahoma State and Kansas whatever. State take off yeah. or whoever, right? Yeah. So, what is the exit fee and what are the grant of rights and all that other stuff? Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out. If you're BYU, Tom's got to ask all those questions. Yeah, Tom, the, 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 yes. well, the lawyers right. have to iron that puppy out. Mm-hmm. Lawyers are just salivating right now. <laughs> <laughs> billable hours! Yeah, billable yeah, hours right. are undefeated. Because it's, you know, it's so so much minutiae involved that they have to do that you need the experts and all that stuff and all that they do that. So all that stuff has to be ironed out. It's just not, well, yeah, absolutely, as it would have been if Texas and Oklahoma were in and they actually wanted to go to 12, as we know, if you didn't know, the big... 12 is 10 if they wanted to go to 12 and texas and oklahoma were committed for the next 25 years that of course whatever stipulation you'd say yeah 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 <laughs> we're, we're in but now it's a different circumstance which is good for the cougars because they're dealing from a little bit more of strength it's not like they have two offers so they can play one against the other but they do have, I think they have more leverage this time around. They have to really, really make sure it's what's best for them. And I wonder when you listen to Jeffrey Holland's talk, how much of it, he had a line that I didn't hear the talk and I probably should go back and listen to it. But we've um, read the quotes that were pulled yeah, out. Yeah, and I haven't read anybody's stories. I've just seen quotes about basically if there is something that's, and I'm really loosely paraphrasing, but... Uh, we're going to do what we do, and if it costs us some type of affiliation, so be it. Mm-hmm. Did he did he know something? Was he speaking also athletically in addition? Because as I understand it, at a time, he was the university president, right? So um, he'd be aware of these issues. Obviously, and as he university be, president, you've well, got to be aware of athletics. I, not, not only was he president of BYU, he was president during probably the greatest decade of BYU history in, from the 1980s, 80 to 89. Oh, 80 to 89 is when he yeah. Okay, so I know it was before my time here, but I understand he was president you of got, the university. He got to go to a lot of holiday bowls. Right, so Whoa, he certainly would understand. Yeah, right. yeah, he'd understand athletics. Uh, a sweet well, he would be he would be aware basketball. of he'd be aware oh, yeah. of multiple discussions behind the scenes the last time there was a go around with the Big Twelve. There'd be no way he wouldn't get himself up to speed on that at some point. So maybe w- as it was would, happening, would what he's saying did he mean more than just academically? Because he was speaking to uh, the faculty, right? That's what he was doing. No, I would think the answer to that would be yes. I just I don't. don't I wouldn't think he would throw something like that in just to throw something like that in. It's well, but it may, to, may, may have just meant. It may have yeah. been applying to something else, but it seems like it applies here. Yeah, I've got an MSN story up right now. If maintaining the face policy on the LGBTQ members, that it's not a sin to have same-sex attraction, but acting on it is, cost the school some quote professional associations and cert- certifications. Certifications. Well, that so that could have to do with some academic stuff as well, though. Well, cer- certifications, obviously, but right. professional associations. If you're university president, there's probably nobody around who understands the balance of academics and athletics than university presidents. And uh, he was for a decade, not that long ago. Then so be it. So would you advise Tom to go or no? All of this has to be considered. Most likely, right. but I would need more info. But right now, 
it looks like and, the right thing to and, go. And what what does ESPN think? They they they're a partner. For better or worse, they're a partner. I don't know that I trust ESPN because I think it goes back to I told Gordon yesterday, we're talking about on the air, I said, if you find five people in your life that want what's best for you at all times and have no personal agenda whatsoever, if you find five of them in your life, you're lucky. That's true. They have zero agenda, only exclusively what's best for you. And I don't know that I trust ESPN to have BYU's best interest exclusively. I don't. Right. Period. So they're End a partner, story. but how much do you but completely think, trust? And they're a business <clears throat> partner. Yes, they are a business partner. And they're looking out for their business, number one. I think in this particular case, it's a wash for BYU, or, or for ESPN, what BYU does. Really? Yes. Interesting. Well, okay, wait. I, 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 I'll back that up a little bit. All right, go ahead. Who's going to own the conference TV rights when they come up to bid next time. That would be the factor. Because the Big 12's down to, what, three or four, four years, I think, now? So if ESPN's going to own the, own the TV rights to that league, or at least buy some games, the way they've gotten a few games to the Mountain West Conference, even though they're not the primary holder for a long time, they got a few games. I think they aren't now, actually. I think Fox is getting a few games from CBS now. Um, all that matters to BYU is do they, or all that matters to ESPN is do they right, have the right to televise BYU in that late TV slot. So if they're going to have the rights to the league, then it doesn't really matter to ESPN whether they're in the league or not in the league because they're going to have the rights to BYU in that late TV slot. If they're not planning on having the rights to that league, then they would definitely prefer the BYU well, stay independent. Well, they have some rights. I don't know that they have exclusive rights. Right. Uh, I would be interested from the BYU perspective what needs to happen for us to be able to get back this relationship if something over here happens. The SEC decides we're just we're going for it, man. We're taking Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, yeah. and then the Big Ten's thinking, okay, well, we still got some we got Wisconsin, we got Michigan State. We're better off when than the Big Twelve minus the two were uh, with the remaining eight in the Big 12. So the Big 10 still wants to stay intact. So we pick up Cincinnati, West Virginia, and away we go. Mm-hmm. And so then the Big 12 gets raided again. Yeah. And at that point, BYU is saying, well, wait a second, man. This isn't the Big 12 that we knew, uh, that we agreed to come to. So what happens? What do we need to do to get back to independent? Because life as an independent is not bad. It's not the greatest, you know, but it's, it's not bad. It's funny. It was, seems like it's getting thinking, better. I was thinking about this the other day. It was that at first it seemed great, then it seemed horrible, and it seems to have leveled out. And maybe that's just following the winning, and we're being too influenced by that, and being influenced by the newness of it at the start. Well, I think that it is, in my mind, it's gotten better. It's it. I see what you're saying, leveling out, but I think since leveling out, it's gotten better because you hired a coaching staff that knew full well. Before, you had a coaching staff that was like, wait a second, we're this winning, was imposed we're on win- us. We're winning yeah. Mountain West titles left and right here. Yeah. We're winning 11 games, almost 10, game, 10, 11 games every year, literally, and then you change it on us. What the crap? Now, that he couldn't, Bronco couldn't say that, but clearly he thought it. 
And and then Tom went into hibernation. And after every day when they had media, imagine that you had every day media during training camp. What every single day? Huh? Yeah. And and Bronco was forced to be. Nobody wanted to know about the team. We want to know about independence. Independence. Yeah. Remember him saying that? I right? do. We yeah. Remember, it was a one word yeah, drop. Yak yeah, has it in yeah. there. Independence. Uh, it was like, like, oh gosh, oh, here we go again. Can't I talk about the injuries <laughs> right. on the depth chart? Right. He wants to talk about football as a football coach, not an athletic director. So. Those guys took off. Kalani Sataki comes in. They force guys on his staff that he that don't belong there. Then they change over that. They get Jeff Grimes in there. They get A-Rod in there. They get guys who know what they're doing. Ed Lamb and so forth. Tuiaki grows up as a defensive coordinator because it was the first time he was a coordinator. And obviously from year one to year five, unless you're completely incompetent, you're much yeah, better. You're getting better, right? Right. Yeah. And they're getting kids back. They're identifying. They had guys down there that were offering scholarships more than people were passing out candy at Halloween. And they're still dealing with that, but they've gotten through a what seventy five, eighty percent. I'm not sure of the uh, percentage, but they've gotten through that. They've clean cleaned that up to a good degree, not completely, because there's a kid down at Corner Canyon that they want, but they're out of scholarships and blah 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 blah. So anyway, it's not completely done. And don't at me because this is right out of their mouths. They've been telling <laughs> me this stuff here. Sometimes, you know, I mess around, but other times I just repeat what they tell me. And so that's what's out there. So the program today is in a much better shape than it was when they went into independent and then when Kalani first got the job. So that's why I wouldn't just leap blindly. I would make sure everything is researched a thousand times over because independence isn't the best, but it's certainly at worst, it's not bad right now. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. David Locke, ahead of his time. We'll see what he thinks about college sports ahead of his time as well. And uh, off-season grades for free agents. Man, the Jazz got some got some plaudits there. We can talk to him about that as well. Jed Fish, Arizona football coach at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Former BYU quarterback John Beck with us. Tell us everything you know about Jaron Hall. You've been working with him. You've worked with a fellow named Zach before that and seemed to have some pretty good success. What are you seeing with Jaron? I'm excited with the skill set that he brings to the position. It's a guy that's been around football for years, but in terms of how much football he's done over the past few years, it's been limited because injuries. So I see the skill set. He worked really hard this offseason. I've heard that things are going really well for him this camp. So for me, it's going to be, let's see what the offense looks like with him at the helm. It's not going to look exactly like Zach, but Jaron brings an athleticism that is somewhat close to some of the things that Zach did. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in David Locke, his weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. How are you? Well, I'm all right. Um, 
I need your insight. I want I want your thoughts, or I want I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. That's not so how read, sports talk radio works, and you know it, Dave. I know, but you know what? I don't play by the rules. You know that. No, um, that's so true. that's a good big, point. Big Big Twelve expansion. Um. So my quick take is the Big Twelve at this point is really not any different than the Mountain West, right? Like Oklahoma State is San Diego State, and Texas Tech is Boise State, and it's not that different. So it's not great. It's kind of going back to where you went started from. But the reality is you can't go back to where you started from because you just would have to be eating too much crow. So this is a, the and you and have we decided that that guys like me that were really big pro independence guys were wrong? Like have we come to that conclusion that independence is not viable? Or is it or does that does independence become more the right choice because you know, it's just all these power conferences and you're better off being independent if you're not going to be in one of the four. Well, I think that brands are powerful, and I think the Big 12 is a even watered down. It's a better brand than the Mountain West, so I just don't think they're, they're the same thing. I'd like to think that because I still, you know, there's a piece of me that still likes to watch San Diego State football in those black and red uniforms. But, I mean, realistically, the, the Big 12 is a better spot, and I think the networks will pay them a lot more money than they're ever going to pay the Mountain West, so... I guess I have to reject your initial assumption. Right. What do you think, PK? Okay. Well, I think you have to consider the financial aspects of it. BYU, for this last decade, clearly made more money as an independent than they would have been as a part of the Mountain West. And will they make more money as a member of the new Big 12, which isn't the same as this, the Big 12 as we know it, obviously, but it still has contracts and then going forward can get a better contract than they could as an independent or as a member of the Mountain West. And I think the answers to that question are yes, so that's why you do it. Who's the – I haven't got all the details. Who's the – is there another player or two or three? Yes. Like to make this yes. work? Who, yes. What are the other pieces of the puzzle? Well, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, Central Florida is a sleeping giant down there because they want – and Memphis possibly. they Central Florida wants big time. And obviously that gives you a pipeline down there and oh. gives you all sorts of credibility, I think. Is, is Boise St- – I agree oh, with all of that. I think sure, is yeah, Boise, Boise State interested – uh, for basketball scheduling, it would certainly help. Um, but I just think for brands and TV value in football, it would help because you'd have two teams, and only you know one can be home every other week that would enable you to have games in that fourth TV window, which makes your contract worth more money. Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, the whole old-school idea that having Central Florida and BYU being far away from each other and that's a problem is actually now a positive because of the fact mm, it's, that then it's you a, have different TV windows? It's both at the same time. Uh, it is a positive and it is a negative. I, I didn't realize this until I was reading up on it, but a lot of the teams in the Big 12, especially Oklahoma and Texas, who are now out, but a lot of teams have been complaining about the 11 a.m. kickoffs the same way we complain about 8.30 kickoffs here. So the, it would be a far-flung league, and that's a problem, but if you have a team in the Eastern time zone, they can kick off at noon, and then you don't have to kick off in that at eleven o'clock. So, right. um, I don't mean to be like I don't mean to be like uh, the West Coast ignoramus here. Um, are any of the other schools in the East Coast time zone that you're mentioning? I don't think so, right? Since unless Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not, are they? Since uh, Cincinnati, are they? Uh, I thought that's. I mean, I know Kentucky. That's plays right on it. That weird. 
Cleveland they is. They play around with like they switch, right? Cleveland is Kentucky switch. Cleveland is east. Yeah. I know that for sure. So I assume Cincinnati is too. Right, their eastern time zone. Right. So right. So I mean, really, what you're saying. I mean, I understand that they have to do Houston because of the Texas politics of this whole thing. But what they really should be doing is adding two east and two mountain, and then they span three time zones, and then yeah. they at least have something. Cincinnati is Eastern Daylight, so Cincinnati could kick off at noon so, just like UCF. So Cincinnati, Central Florida, Boise, BYU. And now you've blown great. off Houston and you've just messed up the politics. Or do you go right. to a 13 so team league? You can't do it. You can't do it. So it's BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, Central well, Florida is the right answer. And BYU's traveling partner has to become somebody in Texas, and it sucks. Well, they've sort of done away with traveling partners now with basketball. A lot of leagues have. A lot of leagues yeah. have. It's not like it used to be Thursday, Saturday, New Mexico and El Paso. It's a true story. It's interesting. I mean, I you know, clearly the Big Twelve has got to do something to survive, right? They're on the island and they're building their hut. So they better they better figure out what it's gonna be or they're um and that you know, what you're talking about makes probably the most sense of anything. And frankly, the, you know, these are my point of views here are all from 30,000 feet. I'm not following it closely other than maybe reading an article or, frankly, listening to various lockdown podcasts. Just nice plug. Good work. Well, no, I mean, truly, that is my knowledge. Like, I'm just reviewing the network and just happened to be listening to, like, locked on ACC or locked on Big 12 this week and listen to what they said. I mean, the feeling from the Big 12 guys was, wow, they didn't really announce anything. Thank goodness. I thought this was going to be our death nail. And the reaction from the ACC people were like, wow, they didn't announce anything. I don't know what this is. So I think, you know, the timing's right to still stay alive a little bit. If you're BYU, though, I think that we've been talking about how independence was something that it, clearly Bronco Mendenhall didn't want, and he took off and took off for more cash, too. Uh, and then all the people who have been hired since know full well, as relative to football, that this is exactly what you're getting into, so you better make it work and don't take the job. And so when Kalani got the job... They saddled him with some people that maybe weren't as experienced as they should be, and they sucked. They got through that, and now it seems like the program's in a better spot. Uh, and the Big 12 isn't in as good of a spot. So with that in mind, before with Texas and Oklahoma, it's a no-brainer. But now, not so sure that necessarily it's in BYU's best interest. probably is, but it isn't the slam dunk that it was. I mean— the one thing I think was really clear where I, you know, I was a huge proponent of independence. Like I really thought this was the answer for BYU and still think there's a lot of reasons why it is. The one thing I think I missed, but I'm not sure matters is how detrimental the WCC was to the other sports. And I feel like that hurt them. Like, so being part of the big 12 across the board might be really great. Okay. That probably yeah. doesn't move the meter of importance because frankly, it's, it's all football about football. World. It's all about football. Yeah. Right. Well, I think basketball, men's basketball was hurt by the WCC, but I'm not sure. I think other sports have flourished and done just fine. I mean, soccer team just beat USC, and the volleyball team's been going Sweet 16, Elite 8, so. Okay. In so both. Men's and women's. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Men's, yeah, men's is a whole different deal as far as conference I mean, alliances. It does, I mean, there's no question, I guess what I was really trying to say, and I probably just stated a little too strongly, there's no question being part of the Big 12 and being part of the WCC. 
I think that's even a in the big, even in yeah. the Big 12s reduced state. Like, there's just that's not a debate. Yeah, Tom will have to do the math on what the travel costs turn into if he's flying teams all over the place. Uh, but I assume that the TV money is going to at least double and maybe more than that. Maybe, maybe get close to tripling or two and a half times. Um, you know that all needs to be figured out in the next TV contract, so it can't be known for sure right now. But. If you want basketball, it's an absolute no-brainer. Texas Tech has been to the end. Baylor's won it. It'll be a great basketball league. Oklahoma State's decent. Kansas is very good, obviously. Kansas State has had a run. It'll be a great basketball league. And and you know what? I think Mark Pope's probably up to the challenge, so it'll be great. I believe he is. I Um, agree with that. um, I think the... um, I think the interesting, I mean, that's incredible, actually. When you kind of say it like that, that's really incredible, right? Like, you'd have all this here. All right, so let's go back to Pac-12 expansion. Like, we knew the math. Like, it was, I remember, like, what, that covering that so closely. And, like, the, you just had these moving pieces, and it was really evident. And it was obvious it was going to happen. And it was obvious, like, well, if Texas and Oklahoma come, Utah's in trouble. If they don't come in Colorado, it was clear Colorado was coming, right? And so, like, how do you become – if Texas and Oklahoma came at the time, I think it was that Oklahoma State had to come also, and then Colorado came, and you knew Utah was out of luck. And then there was, like, the pieces, right? And you just knew Utah was, like, the perfect piece to go with Colorado. And so if Colorado was going to go and nobody else came, you knew Utah was in. Like, you just had to be in the right place. So the scenario we're talking about of, like, Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU doesn't fit right. Like, is there a four- – who knocks BYU out of this equation that becomes the – fourth team that fits better like the, the problem what we're talking about here is that BYU doesn't actually have that like Colorado tie-in I think that matters it. I think that matters less and the last go-round I was told that BYU is number 11 but they couldn't figure out who 12 was and we had a guy on from Texas a beat writer or a columnist down there maybe y'all can remember who it was and I asked him I said I heard I've heard that and he said I've heard that too I think the money for BYU is so overwhelming I just I think this league has to go to twelve, and there's no way there's four teams more valuable than BYU. There's no, there's no well, way. yeah, but wait a second here, man. You got the Sunday issue, you got the social issues with the LGBTQT mm-hmm. and all that. So does that outweigh? Does the money outweigh what would some perceive as well, baggage? I believe it does, but I don't think that uh, I can prove that. That's just my opinion. Okay. Who's the fourth team that knocks BYU out? I don't think there is one. Boise. Oh, they're not taking Boise over BYU. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be the worst moment in BYU history. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine what nasty youth fans would do to Cougars? It would be like T-shirts. I chose Boise over BYU. Big 12 conference. Uh, well, yeah, but if they decide the Sunday play and – the the talk by the church leader earlier this week riled up a bunch of folks, and I don't think it's out of the realm. I mean, Boise's off the top of my head. I don't know that. No, it's not out of the realm. That's a little bit why I think I had that reaction. <laughs> like, I, I would actually – isn't there anybody else? I would just think they wouldn't come Mountain. Like, right, if you're not right. going to take BYU, so who's Well, Memphis. Team? Memphis. Oh, yeah, so that's a real threat. That, to me, is you – no, know, Central Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, Houston, and no BYU, that – like now, like that's that's daunting. The fact that Boise doesn't have enough clout to make it a no-brainer, the way Colorado did. Like the nice thing for Utah is they were second fiddle to the big dog that they wanted, right? They they wanted Colorado, 
and Utah just happened to be in the right place at yeah. the right time yeah, to get yeah, in. Yeah. And they got BYU, in. BYU, unfortunately, doesn't have that. Like, BYU can't play, ride the coattails of another team in the way Utah rode the coattails of Colorado into the Big 12. So that's a that's a real problem for BYU that Boise's not not worthy enough of kind of driving this train and making it a no-brainer. Memphis is pretty – Memphis with, like, where they are, location, I – Oh, I'm. I hadn't. Oh, that's not good. This doesn't feel nearly as good as the conversation when it started, guys. I think they're in trouble. <laughs> the, the mind of David Locke is like <laughs> nobody I've ever known. There's no question about that. <laughs> I don't want to ask why, but like, really, like, I mean, Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston, Central Florida. That's that works logically. It gives them like what they need. And I'm not sure that BYU. I mean, BYU is brings them a little bit more money, I would guess, and that stadium's gorgeous, and maybe a little some. But DJ's pointed out, like, also brings a lot of, a lot of stuff, like a lot of like actually PJ and pointed does, that and doesn't that. fit geographically at all. And maybe that would be the strongest if I were building the argument, which I don't think would carry the day. But if I were building the argument that they just don't want to get too far flung. And they're gonna focus, you know, Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, kind of a quarter up the, and and Florida's a no-brainer. UCF has had so much success, and the the thought of recruiting there is so tantalizing. See, I actually think geographically BYU plays to the advantage because you'd want a team in the Mountain Time Zone. Klyovkov has been running around telling everybody we've got the Pacific and the Mountain, yeah, as if the Mountain was some big uh, gold mine. I know, I know he has. <laughs> you spend what you got, yeah. and that's what he's doing. I mean, so I, I do really think should, the advantage. So what he really should be doing is going and getting the Central Time Zone and grabbing Oklahoma State. And they thought about somebody. it and then thought for about two seconds and decided to say no. The thing about that is they don't need to do that right now. Oklahoma State will be there whenever they want them. Sure, hundred point. Yeah, great point. Great point. Here's the other thing. How about the Big Twelve think ahead and look ahead? Streaming's coming. Now I don't know if it's twenty thirty, twenty thirty five, but man, by twenty forty. It's not going to be about cable and satellite bundles. Streaming is coming. So BYU is more valuable in the streaming world than it is in the cable satellite world. The ability to get 10 or 20 or 30 or whatever this is going to turn out a month from BYU fans, the 5,000 of them in Tennessee and the 20,000 of them in Arizona who will pay and the 50,000 in L.A. who will pay and the 5,000 in Idaho will pay. I mean, everywhere BYU goes, they draw 5,000 fans unless they draw 10. I have a great joke right now, but I'm too scared to do it in our climate of jokes, so I'm just going to leave it out. But they all are meeting in the Ward House, and they're Ooh. only paying one person's only paying $20 a month, and they're all meeting together. So you don't get, get 5,000. They're all just coming together. Just kidding. No, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. Like, I think that actually does have – both of you just sold. Like, if I'm homo, that's what you're selling, right? You're selling streaming and time zone. And you're literally – I think what you got to actually do is say, hey, we're willing to play every single one of our home games at 7.30 at night. 7.30 whose time? Mountain or whatever, right? So no, eight, we're it's got to be eight thirty to be in the last. Two or five, eight thirty, whatever, whatever. They're already you know, doing that, right? Not, not every right. game. So, but I mean, that's Most. your selling point. Is we're going to take we're we're one hundred percent willing to take the late night window in every single time. 
It's not in the afternoon anymore. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, play that for David Locke. <laughs> find that. Find that drop. Come on, you can do it. I'm. I agree with this, by the way. Okay, last thing, one jazz question for you. Uh, there's been some national media out there grading all the free agents, and I was surprised to see the jazz getting graded as an A, as a top 10 and all that, for re-signing their guys and a couple guys who may get, you know, who will get some minutes. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I wasn't surprised they got a favorable, but I was surprised it was that over the top, that high, that, wow, yes, boom. What'd you think? So I think they give an A for disaster averted would be my first take, right? There was a real chance this offseason could have been catastrophic. Um, so well, I finally um, got A's I, in school if that was the gradient. <laughs> disaster averted. PK, you and I should have been graded on that scale. Like every time I took an English test, there was a real chance for an F. Um, uh, spelling test, there was like anything above C- minus should have been an A, like just for survival sakes. Um and any grammar test, I certainly, <laughs> anyway. Um, so I do think that disaster averted gives them a pretty good grade. Like they kept themselves in the top two or three teams in the Western Conference from a projection standpoint. Um, number two, um, I'm really curious to watch Hassan Whiteside. Like my instinct is that I actually think he's going to be better than Derek Favors um, because he's just bigger and longer. And so we play the drop big with him and just matches more naturally. And he's just as good an offensive rebounder, maybe at times better. Um, I just don't know if there's a chance his knees are just gone. Like my feeling is he didn't play in Sacramento because of Sacramento, not because he didn't play in Sacramento because he's not very good anymore. Um, And he was really good a year before in Portland. So my instinct there is we actually got better. Um, That might be wrong. I mean, whoever plays backup center to the jazz just looks so bad. Because the starting center is the best, one of the best defensive players in the history of the game and is so great at everything he does that you look so bad in comparison. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know what the analogy would be. I could use some sexist terminology of somebody being a co-star to Halle Berry in the 90s, right? But um, it's just like Rudy's so great that Derek looked not very good all year, and I don't actually know that Derek wasn't very good or just Rudy's that great. Um, so I do kind of feel like Hassan Whiteside might be an upgrade there. And then I think Rudy Gay adds a versatility to the roster that we didn't have. So it, they probably deserve a pretty good grade in disaster averted. They re-signed Mike Conley. They didn't lose any starters. They didn't lose any main rotation players. They added roster versatility. And I think they might have upgraded at backup center, which is hard for me because I love Derek. But I think he just wasn't didn't feel very good last year. But, again, I, that just, again, could be because Rudy's so great that Nobody looks very good. Well, I think if you take that to its natural conclusion, David, it's that the Jazz perimeter defense is worse than we know because Gobert covers up so much that we don't realize right away. I mean, so this is this. So I've talked about this a lot, but I'll just I'll do a short version of it if I'm actually possible for me to do so. DJ's chuckling. TK's saying not a chance. (laughs) And Jake wanted to go to break three minutes ago. Go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Two and a half half years ago, we made five roster changes that were all offensive changes away from defensive players. It was the correct thing to do as a team because the great defensive team just simply wasn't good enough offensively to be able to beat a good offensive team. Even though the defense had a great night, our offense just wasn't up good enough. So since then, over the last two seasons, 
whenever Rudy's been off the floor. We have just been horrific defensively. And that's what we built. And the concept was that Rudy could cover it up. And they built it 100% right. But that is the issue, is that it may not matter who the center is if they're not the greatest defensive player in the world because we got our defense just can't stop anyone unless it's Rudy doing it. And that's what became so obvious in Game 6 against the Clippers and when they removed Rudy while he was on the floor from the action, we got exposed. They basically did, you know, what was clear is that we're not good defensively unless Rudy's impacting everything, and they eliminated Rudy's impact. So, yes, did we address that issue? I don't think so. So that'll still be. But there's a very, you know, un- the unfortunate thing was that we ran into the one team that could expose it. I'm actually not sure there was another team in the NBA that could have exposed it the way the Clippers did. And I'm not sure they could have exposed it if Serge Ibaka hadn't gotten hurt, frankly. Like, there was some fortuitous stuff for them as well that, you know, they lost one of their guys, and so they kind of were forced into this. Um, But Phoenix would have kept DeAndre Ayton on the floor. The Lakers would have kept various players on the floor. And if Anthony Davis wants to spread out to the outside and never come in, that's fine. Um, The Denver with Jokic can't, like, can't move him out of the game. I mean, and without Jamal Murray, they wouldn't have been the same. So um, Dallas probably could do it a little bit with Chris Stapps. That was not a matchup I wanted. So, you know, in Portland with uh, Nurkic probably couldn't have done it. And Robert Covington wasn't going to really play center. So, um, uh, you know, so I, I'm not sure there's another team. Draymond can't shoot well enough to do it. So I, I'm not sure there's another team other than the Clippers that could have actually done what they did to us. By the way, quick note, Portland's better than anyone thinks there. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> David Locke. <laughs> One of a kind. So, at the end, did he have BYU in the Big 12 then? He wants them to go, but he doesn't know if they're going to go, if they're going to get the invite. I think they're going to get the invite. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Jed Fish, University of Arizona football coach, coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, PK. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk football with your Jersey brother from another mother, Jed (laughs) Fish. You have been looking forward to this for weeks. Well, actually, a long time because once he got hired and I did the research on him, I knew he was from the area, and then I find out he goes to the same school as my sister. This sucks because... I don't know that I can root against them. <laughs> you have to. You're an a- it's ASU. Yeah. You're ASU. He's Arizona. I know, but I always thought, and it'll never happen, obviously, but I always thought if the Devils went 12-0 and and the Cats went 11-1, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, right? I'd sign off on that. Not that it'll ever happen. I, I, get, I that. get that, but if you're going to get everything you want, who cares if your rival gets almost so, everything so then, they want, and then you snatch it away at the end? Maybe, uh, maybe that's what I want. I mean, he's a Jersey guy, and he's fun, and I'm going to have a hard time rooting against that. What can I tell you? He's got to sell the program, and he's doing radio in Utah. He's got to recruit. He's got to sell it. He's got an unbelievable amount of energy. Jed Fish, next. Stay with us.